Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking, as usual, grateful and humbled to be here and to be doing this and having this experience and sharing it with all of you. So let's get started. Our usual disclaimer, if you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, your guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to listen to my episodes. I will also add, just as a friendly reminder, that I am not the end-all, be-all. I am not um, a know-it-all. I do not presume to know everything. I am simply speaking from my personal experiences and also from the training and the education that I have personally received in my field. But I have so much growth left to do and so much left to learn and I am so looking forward to that part of my life um, where, you know, I continue to evolve and grow more and more into the clinician that I want to be. Although I do feel like I'm doing a great job and I want to pat myself on the back because I see the change in my clients and I do have plenty of success stories so far, which is pretty amazing considering I'm fairly new to the field. But again, I have lots and lots and lots left to learn, lots of growing to do. And so I'm human like all of you and I am not presuming to know everything. So I'm speaking from my personal experiences and also from what I have learned along the way. So let's get started. Let's dive right into our next topic. So our next topic is going to be all about panic attacks. What is a panic attack? What can cause a panic attack? And how do you get through and get past and get over a panic attack? Oftentimes, a panic attack is the symptom of the greater issue, which is anxiety. But I'm not going to focus on anxiety so much in this particular segment because the anxiety that can lead to a panic attack can be very broad. It can be health anxiety or illness-related disorder, I believe is what it's called in the DSM-5. If any therapists listen to uh, my podcast, feel free to, you know, jump in and correct me if that's not the right one, um, the right diagnosis. Um, there is social anxiety, there's generalized anxiety, and so there's different types of anxiety, and although there's anxiety related to adjustment disorders, there's PTSD, which can um, cause anxiety. And so there's so much that can cause a panic attack. Um, And so I would want to 
dedicate a segment to generalized anxiety and a segment to social anxiety, a segment to the different types of anxiety. And so I'm not going to do that today in the interest of time. I'm just going to focus on the panic attacks. Now, if the panic attacks become very frequent, that can lead to a panic disorder. Um, A panic disorder is essentially when you have, basically when you have frequent panic attacks is what a panic disorder is. A panic attack in and of itself can be an isolated incident and can be something that happens maybe once a month or once every other month or once a year, you know. Again, the symptom of a greater issue, the symptom of pent-up anxiety. Um, The result of your body going into fight-or-flight mode, right? A panic disorder occurs when the panic attacks are more frequent, when they're happening often. It becomes a panic disorder. So what does a panic attack look like? Again, caused by pent-up anxiety, fight-or-flight mode. But what does it look like? This is something that I have a hard time really answering because for me, the experiences are totally unique to each individual. I talk to friends of mine that have experienced panic attacks and some of them will say, you know, the the usual, you know, racing heart, sweaty palms, you know, feeling fatigued, symptoms, but that's not usually what happens to me when I have a panic attack. And I know that's not always what happens for other people. So a panic attack looks different for different people, in my opinion. Yes, there are some universal things, you know, that can occur amongst people like the racing heart and the sweaty palms, um, the fear of losing control or the fear that you're losing your mind. But again, I feel like it's a different experience. For me, when I'm having a panic attack, the shortness of breath has been known to happen. The racing heart has been known to happen, but it tends to be more like this just jittery feeling, this overall just jittery head to toe feeling as though I had way too much caffeine. I don't know if anyone out there can relate, but for some people, a panic attack can really mimic the symptoms of a heart attack, chest pain, shortness of breath, racing heart. And so a lot of people will call 911 um, and think they're having a heart attack when really it is a panic attack. And you do want to make sure to go to your medical doctor, guys. If you are having chest pain, racing heart, shortness of breath, you know, you you do want to make sure that you go to a medical doctor and get cleared um, just to err on the side of caution. But nine times out of 10, what you're having is a panic attack. But I'm not a medical doctor. So it's always important to get checked 
follow up with your doctor and ensure that there's nothing else at play. Now, that's what happens with a lot of people. Shortness of breath, the chest pain. For me, sometimes I'll just feel numbness in one of my extremities or in my fingers or just this like discomfort in my stomach, you know? My stomach is very sensitive to my anxiety. Um, If I'm anxious, my stomach feels it. I don't know if anyone else has that same issue, um, but that's something that I go through personally. And so I just want to, I want to say all of this to, I guess, reiterate the fact that it is different for different people and you have to sort of get to know your body because a lot of the symptoms of a panic attack can mimic real illnesses. It can, you know, like a heart attack, you know, um, or a stroke, you know. Sometimes I get this tight feeling in my face and it kind of feels like my face wants to fall asleep. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm having a stroke. And I'm not, thankfully. I'm having an anxiety attack, a panic attack, if you will. Um, Just depends what you'd rather call it. Anxiety attack, panic attack, up to you. Um, But it's just important to get to know your body. It's definitely important if you're having symptoms to go to the doctor, like I said, and get cleared, make sure that they rule out any physical symptoms um, that may be occurring, that may be an underlying um, cause for something else going on in your body. But oftentimes it is related to a panic attack. And in my case, it has been. I can't tell you what I've been through with my anxiety and how many times I've ended up in the emergency room thinking that I'm dying and nothing has been wrong with me other than a panic attack. And it's very scary. It's very scary. It's very frightening. What you feel is very real to you. And it's terrifying. Last year, I was having a lot of digestive issues, and so I had to go in for an endoscopy procedure where they took a look at my esophagus and uh, my upper GI tract, and I was terrified that they were going to find cancer. Mind you, I'm a 32-year-old woman, otherwise healthy. There's no reason for me to think, there's no rational reason for me to believe that I have cancer. There was no blood in my stool. I was not vomiting. I was not nauseous, but I was having digestive issues and I was just like, oh my God, I have cancer. I convinced myself in my brain, this is how powerful your brain is, that I had cancer in my esophagus. And I spent three or four days leading up to the procedure. Shout out to you. I see you texting me. This is what happens when you forget to turn off the notifications. Um, And someone is texting me at uh, 1 in the morning. 
<laughs> in any case, um, I convinced myself I had cancer. I was sure of it. And so three or four days leading up to my endoscopy procedure, I couldn't swallow. Like, I'm serious. I couldn't swallow. One of the symptoms was difficulty swallowing. Guess what? I had difficulty swallowing. I couldn't swallow. (laughs) I had a lump in my throat. Literally. I felt like there was something lodged there. And that's one of the major, major symptoms that I get when I have panic attacks. That feeling like there's a lump in my throat. I go, I have the procedure done, they do it. They found mild gastritis. No cancer. Suddenly I could swallow again. Your mind is powerful. Fears are powerful. Anxiety is powerful. And so I suffer from illness-related anxiety, which is a fancy way of saying hypochondria. I am definitely a hypochondriac. I am WebMD all day, every day. I will Google everything. If I have a headache, I will Google and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have a brain tumor. Yes, I am that girl. So all that to say, there was nothing seriously wrong with me. Thank God. But there was a lump in my throat. And so, again, goes to show how powerful the mind is. And so, again, guys, panic attacks look different for different people. What does it look like for you? You know, I've told you I experience a lump in the throat sensation. Some people do the shortness of breath, you know, or the chest pain or the racing heart. I have like a tightness in my face, like a numbness in my face. Sometimes it's my extremities. It looks different for different people. So that's why it's so important when you're having these symptoms to go to the doctor first and get cleared. And then you'll figure out that it's your anxiety flaring up and creating a panic attack. How to deal with panic attacks. If you have a panic disorder, which means you're having panic attacks on the regular, I would advise you to get a psychiatric evaluation and, of course, receive regular therapy, weekly therapy. There are medications out there that are not habit-forming for anxiety. I am not a fan of medications, and you guys will learn that about me as you get to know me on here. For me, medications are a last resort. Or when there's just an underlying, you know, chemical issue. Um, when there's something really severe going on, I don't like to go that route if I can avoid it. However, if someone needs the medication, they should absolutely take it. It's irresponsible not to take it if you need it. So I'm also... A firm believer in that. Do get a psychiatric evaluation if your anxiety is to the point where you're having regular panic attacks, frequent panic attacks, 
there is a medication out there, which I will mention because I take it, called hydroxyzine. And it is, it, it has a sedating effect. And it is used to treat anxiety and it is not habit forming. Again, I'm not a doctor. So ask your doctor about it. But that has been my experience with it. And that is what I was told about it by my physician. I only take it when I need it. I do not take it every day. I do not even take it every week. I take it when I need it. When I'm having anxiety to the point where I feel the panic attack about to come on, I take it. So if your panic attacks are not very frequent, but they do occur from time to time, um, and this also applies to um, everyone else, the ones that do get it frequently or or what have you, um, there are things that you can do. Thought stopping techniques. Find a way to put a stop to your thoughts. Replace the thoughts with something else. Um, cause typically when we're anxious and we're having a panic attack, it's because we're having a thought and that thought has been blown out of proportion, right? And so cognitive behavioral therapy, change the way you think and the way you feel will follow. So if you're thinking I'm dying, oh my gosh, I'm dying. You need to replace that with, I'm in a safe place. I'm going to be okay. I can reach out for help, for support to someone. I'm safe. Everything is going to be fine. You know, some derivative of that. But make sure that you challenge the negative thoughts that you're having with some positive self-talk. The positive self-talk should then, in theory, help soothe you. Distractions, positive distractions. Going for a nice, slow, leisurely walk watching something on TV, reading a book, meditating. So anyone who knows me knows that I am the worst at relaxing. Me and relaxing, it's like we have a very tumultuous relationship. Relaxation and I, it's hard for me. Like I am that person that will receive a massage and I won't start relaxing until the very end of the massage. Like the massage will be 60 minutes. That's why my best friend, shout out to her, um, my my therapist bestie, she'll literally buy me 90 minute massages for my birthday because she knows that within the 60 minute time frame, I will not relax. I need that extra 30 minute window in order to even achieve any kind of relaxation. It's very hard for me to relax. Um, but saying that and knowing that about me now, Guided meditation has been a godsend. This is something that I've been doing at night because I have trouble sleeping. I will go on YouTube and I will just search up guided meditation for anxiety, guided meditation for sleep, for panic attacks. I get creative with it and I listen to the one that, you know, resonates with me or the one that I like. And it's really, really been very helpful. I strongly recommend it. Also, mindfulness, staying present, being in the moment, knowing that the panic attack will pass, that it's a temporary feeling, that it's not going to last forever. Keeping that into perspective. 
Also, being aware of your triggers is very important. So try to be aware of what triggers your panic attack. What leads to that. So that becoming in becoming more aware of your triggers, you can hopefully shorten the duration of your panic attack or maybe even stop it from happening altogether. So those are some suggestions for you guys. Um, very important to reach out to your support system if you feel like you need it. Have someone talk you down, remind you to breathe. Breathing exercises are super important. Super important. You have no idea how much or how important, how essential breathing is until you're focusing on your breath. And then you realize, wow, this is so healing to really focus on your breath. So breathing techniques. I know it sounds cheesy, y'all. Trust me, I get it. Because I'm I'm the queen of being like, really? Is that even going to work? Breathing techniques for real? Yes, it actually does. Also, figure out ways to prevent your anxiety from happening, like I said earlier. I suffer from anxiety. And so I know that I need to leave the house with some water, have some water in the car, and I need to leave the house with my medication. Um, Those are things that I do, like my little safety blankets, to make me feel more relaxed and more at ease. Like, okay, if I feel anxious, I can have a sip of water. Worst case, I can take my medication, you know? But... I'm very lucky that I have not been having, for a very long time, frequent panic attacks. I'm very lucky and very grateful and very happy about that progress that I've made in that that respect. Because um, panic attacks are awful. They are awful. And like I said, reach out to someone if you have to and say, Hey, I'm having a panic attack. Can we just breathe together? You know, sometimes that's all you need. So I hope these suggestions were, you know, helpful for you guys to hear. And I hope it's also helpful for you guys to hear that you're not alone, that I've suffered from panic attacks and they are honestly, panic attacks are probably one of the most debilitating and frightening experiences that you can have as a human being. And anyone that tries to make you feel bad or to downplay them is probably someone that you should never call when you're in that state. So make sure you call someone that's safe emotionally for you, that will just breathe with you or just tell you everything's going to be okay, will remind you to breathe or will go for a walk with you or will meditate with you. Someone positive. You know what I mean? So I hope some of that was helpful. If you don't know how to handle when someone is having a panic attack, sitting them with the, uh, sitting with them in silence is okay. It is advisable. You know, you can put your arm on their shoulder. Just remind them to breathe. That's all you can really control. You know, remind them to breathe. Meditate with them. Offer to meditate with them. Tell them everything is going to be okay and that this is a temporary feeling that will pass. That's it. If you say things like, nothing's wrong with you, it's all in your head, you're exaggerating, you're being dramatic, 
Like, I hear, I hear myself saying these things and I think to myself, wouldn't people assume or just figure out on their own that saying these things would be inappropriate and would just exacerbate an already bad situation? But then I forget that most human beings don't have a lot of common sense. Sorry, no shade. Just kidding, lots of shade. Lots of shade. All the shade. But that's just a reality. Don't say things like that. It's not going to help anyone. It's not. It's really not. It's going to make things worse. So I hope some of this was helpful for you guys. Do let me know. Provide feedback. Let me know what's been working for you about my podcast. You know, what what hasn't been working. I want to hear it all. All the feedback. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, what's inspired you. What, what you've learned. I want to hear it all. So feel free to share. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And until next time. Thank you.